Hello Life Changes Church, we are so excited that you clicked on this video. We are in a series called What's It Like? As we look at the parables that Jesus told as he unpacked the kingdom of God for us. So why don't you get ready, sit back, grab a notebook, grab a pen as we get encouraged by this word. We are doing a series called What's It Like? Yesterday, uh, there's something that stops Paul. Yes, it involves rugby, Boravos, and Braflace, but it's the called Paul Gym High School versus Paul Boys. It happened yesterday, and like the whole city just shuts down. And they interviewed this young man named Thurlin Williams, who's just made SA Schools, and he is a pump for that. He's the fly-off, and he was the man of the match for this match, and the presenter said to him, hey, what's it like? You've just made SA Schools. How are you doing with this? And he, he had basically two words he said, sir and like. So he just said, thanks. I was like, wow, you watched it too. And um, he just said, sir, it was like amazing. Like it's been incredible. Like, sir, it's incredible, sir. Amazing. Like, wow. Like uh, just incredible. Like incredible, sir. Amazing. Next question. Sir, incredible. Like, wow. Like, whoa. It's, it's, it's like, whoa. It's, it's just, he had no words for the passion. You could just see, he was like, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, 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 and he lacked vocab for his passion side. Now, Jesus is teaching us what the kingdom of heaven is like. He doesn't lack vocabulary. We lack understanding. Why? Because his kingdom is so different to the kingdoms of the earth. So different. In his kingdom, there's joy, there's life, there's no sickness, there's no pain. Who wants that kingdom? No, we're going to live in that kingdom for eternity, but we are on earth right now. And he has come, but he will fully come back. And when he fully comes back, he'll initiate the fullness of his kingdom. But we're in the messy middle. And we're in the middle where we still get to choose who will be king of our lives. You get to choose. Just because you're in church on a Sunday doesn't mean Jesus is your king. I've learned that in 30 years of church. I've learned that in my own life that I can navigate with Christian principles and biblical principles, but it doesn't mean I've made Jesus King and Lord of my life. And at the center of Jesus exposing and bringing to us revelation about the kingdom of God, He's calling us to something He's saying, will you make me King? That same Bill Johnson who spoke that Sunday after his wife passed away, he made this incredible statement. He said uh, uh, that, that, that my friendship with God can only go where his lordship in my life has already been. He's saying, yes, I'm a friend of God. And the Bible tells me, as it speaks in the book of James about Abraham, that you can be a friend of God, but it can only go where his lordship and Jesus being Lord and King of my life has already been. And that I bring. You want to know what worship is? That. You know what trust is? That. You know what being a Christian actually is? That. Just saying, Lord, more than the giftings in my life, more than all the opportunity, more it's, it's you be king of my story, which means he gets all the glory, which means the fields in our lives that thrive, people go to the king and say, wow, your kingdom's looking amazing. Your kingdom's fruitful. He gets the glory. It's a challenge. We want a gospel that's about us, where we can come to him. I need a friend, God. Will you be my friend? He says, yes, I'll be your friend, but can I be your king first? We want the kingdom. We want the benefits of the kingdom, healing and joy and peace. But we want no ways of the king. 
And we live in a world where it's sex without strings and it's, it's no commitments and no navigating and definitely no moments saying I'm going to partner in something because actually then I have to deal with people. And he says, yes, at the center it is people and you want to be forgiven. Well, you've got to forgive. All of that summed down to will you make him king? And so we're doing the series where we look about the kingdom of God. And I want to read one of his parables, these fictitious stories that Jesus was as a teacher teaching his disciples and using these stories to teach. I've never had a teacher speak in parables to me of this earth. I did go to an all boys school. It would have been difficult. Like, they're like, what? It's, it's, uh, but this is what Jesus used, and this is how he taught. And it goes like this. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Jesus speaking about a mustard seed. Different Bible commentators say maybe different reasons. One, his disciples were so expecting this new kingdom he spoke about, and they were a little bit disappointed. And they needed encouragement to be reminded. And Jesus needed to teach them, hey, guys, we're sitting around a fire eating some fish over a fire. But actually, the kingdom comes like a mustard seed. It comes like something small. Maybe others would present that behind the understanding of a mustard seed that it looks like a grain of sand, but it's not sterile like a grain of sand. A grain of sand will never birth and give life to anything. But a mustard seed has life inside of it. And under the right conditions, with the right nurturing and soil around it, there's life that can grow. And he says, this tree that is just a seed put in the soil grows to become something where birds can purchase. I've got four simple points tonight. Number one, and this is the emphasis of the story as Jesus presents his kingdom, is that from small beginnings, the little school that I went to in grade one says they had a Latin statement on the badge, and it meant this, from small beginnings, better fortunes follow. And, and I wish we believed that. The problem is we live in a world where more is better, always. You want more money in the bank account, that's better. You want to start a business, you need everything. You, you want a fat baby. We're the moms. You're like, you want a fat baby. You don't want a thin baby. A thin baby, if they get problems, they get thinner. Then you're like, got to force feed them. And like, ah, and then you're doing the airplane and the choo-choo, and they don't want to eat. No, you want a chunky, strong, healthy baby. It's the same in life. And Jesus would come and say, actually, the kingdom's so different. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter how insignificant it seems or feels in the economies of this world and in the perspectives of this world. Jesus just needs something very small. He takes it in the context of faith in another context. He says, it's just faith like a mustard seed can move a mountain. And you go, hi, boy. No, you need earth movers to move a mountain. You need no, Jesus said, no, just a, a little bit. And he liked the mustard seed. I don't like mustard, but Jesus did. He kept referring to mustard seeds. I don't like mustard. I don't eat it, and I don't wear it. But Michael does. And, um, and he presents that actually the start might seem insignificant and unspectacular, but if Jesus is in the mix and there's the life of God in the mustard seed we present, there'll be the breakthrough of God. It continues, and point number two is quite simply this. It's time to plant. Everyone's uprooting right now, uprooting investments, uprooting opportunities, uprooting lives. And, and we move and we live in this transient world where I can live anywhere in the world. And the challenge is the Bible says those who plant themselves. So it's different. There's a planting process. And here's what happens. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted 
in his field. He took that seed and he didn't go awesome. And he didn't go whoop into a smoothie in the morning. See, we, we keep saying, God, where's the opportunities with the breakthrough? But I'm telling you, most of the time we're eating our seeds. Or we, we're not quite sure that it's worth the works. So we chuck the seed in the ground say, bear fruit and prove it to me. And the birds come and take it away. But, but the model here is just a man. Say a man. Just a man, not a good farmer. Not a good man. Just a man took, the, took it and planted it in, the, in his field. The problem is we want God's kingdom in the form of seeds. And I believe each and every person here is full up of the seeds of God in their life. My marriage is a field for the seeds of God to come and I get the opportunity to sow in with my mouth. My mouth is a seed bringer to my marriage. You know that. Your mouth is a seed bringer to the environments in your marketplace. Your life and your story is a seed bringer. Your finances is a seed. It's all just seed. God says, will you trust me, the sower, that when you buy into a kingdom principle that is different to a worldly principle, in the world we buy and sell, we barter. In the kingdom, we receive and give, receive more and give more. So the context and the concept is seed. But here's the challenge. Will you plant that seed? See, planting takes a bit of work. You've got to get down on your knees and you've got to take that seed. And I don't know how deep you plant a mustard seed, but I imagine it's a little bit deep than on top. So maybe dig down. Your hands are going to get a little dirty in the mud. I'm not a big dirty hand guy, just confessing. Just not that guy. I was happy the first three weeks of sanitizing hands. I'm like, yeah, oh, slap it on there. I like clean hands. And the Bible says, actually, you've got to plant it in your seed, which means you've got to get down and you've got to plant it in your field. It says he planted in his field. Oh, but oh, then I, I can't take a sure bit like an avocado pip. See how big that seed is? It's strong. You plant that. That will bear fruit. But the seed of a mustard seed, I'm not sure. I'm going to sit around for ages and go, hmm, is it happening? <laughs> not sure it's happening. Then there's a working. And your neighbors around there going, he took that little seed and planted it. Where? What a waste. What a waste. I learned a lesson when I was 16 years old and learning to drive. And uh, my parents at the time were on a farm. And I took my dad's bucky and I went for a joyride when I wasn't supposed to. And uh, part of that joyride is I significantly damaged an orange tree. Meaning I totally uprooted the orange tree. And then I tried to replant it. And, tried, and my dad, he heard the news from someone. So he called me. And part of the discipline process was a teaching moment, a parable maybe, where he brought me to a tree. He says, how long do you think this tree's been here? I said, no idea. He said, five years. Let me tell you what we get from a tree in the first five years. Nothing. Let me tell you what we get from year six. Fruit we can sell. For five years, this tree stood here. We've watered it. We've paid for the chemicals. We've paid for the water. We've paid for the labor. We've paid for everything. You came on your joyride and took it out the ground and killed it. And an orange tree, it's years. It bears fruit in years two, three, four, but that's not fruit you can sell. It's not fruit you want to eat. It's just bland. In year six, by seven, eight, that's prime. It's export quality. That's the one. By 12, it's done. See, farmers understand that. So when we've got to come to a context of a seed, there's the context that's important. And the challenges we come and, and we get pulled up and Jesus presents the challenges we have with seed in Mark chapter 4. Others are like seeds that sown among the thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life. Who lets the worries of this life get you? It's just the worries of life. The deceitfulness of wealth. 
and the worry and the desire for other things come and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So it's not that the seed's unfruitful. It's that these things in our lives, and I'm telling you, we all got one at least, if not the trifecta of all three. We go, but the seed. It's another words of this life. Choking. And it carries on. And the amazing thing about this is, it says it becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And I just want to present you this. When it's coming to Jesus, and sometimes he shows you something in his word and goes, well, how's that going to change my life? I'm telling you, there's a mandate to plant it in our life. And you know who benefits? Others. It says, actually, this tree grows. And normally a mustard seed would grow to a bush, but this grows into a tree and provides shade and provides branches for birds to come and purchase, perch on. And birds are significant because they can't look after themselves. They can't plant their own seeds. But someone plants a seed so that others can come and find healing. And, and maybe you're looking at this by this field, and you look at this and say, what? No, someone here, you know who built this place? 70 people. In 2004, they built this place. So that we sit here today, we are the birds. We're the birds receiving from the seed of others poured in and poured out. But I just want to end with this story. I met a man a little while ago in the life of our church. And we had dinner with them, and I started to hear a story. He got up to grade seven, grade nine education, and then he had to work. He grew up in a tough part of Cape Town. Gangs, the whole thing. Started to work, but there was a seed in his life, a mother who prayed, a family worshipped God. And so he started going off, he started working, he started finding success, and, and, and he started going down a journey, and Eventually, he worked his way right up. He finished school. He studied. And now, 30 years later, he's highly successful. And about 25 years into that journey, he's sitting in a boardroom in New York on a director of a massive South African company program where they are bringing him onto directorship. And he's been traveling around the world for six months receiving training. That same man. And he's sitting in there and a man starts to speak. He says, the way we build and the way we find success is cutting heads. And the Spirit of God puts just one seed into his soul. Just one seed. And the seed was this. I've called you to create jobs, not take them away. Called you to South Africa to create employment. What did he, what did he do with that seed? Well, he pulled it aside. He chucked it in a smoothie. No, he took it and he planted it in the field of his life. You know what he did? He phoned his boss from America and said, actually, I've got to resign. And the boss, you've gone mad. You're having a midlife crisis. I've seen this before. Carry on. We'll talk. Now he says, God has put a seed. He took that seed and he planted it in his life. You know what it cost? For the first nine, ten months, everything. After ten months, he had no more money. He could barely pay school fees. He's navigating was starting to divest and sell off properties that he owned and cars. Because the seed wasn't above ground yet. Fast forward a little bit to last week. I met a lady who's meeting with Candace. And she's telling another lady in this group. They're about this business that she's just got a contract in as a health and safety officer. This business that she loves this kind of business to work with because they love their people. They look after people. They're not just doing health and safety to make sure they tick the boxes so no one comes and finds them. They do health and safety because they love their people who work for them. They want to look after their people. I said, hey, ma'am, tell me the name of that business. 450 employees prior to COVID, 60. She tells me the name of the business. I said, hey, man, that, that man's in our church who owns that business. 
Let me tell you his story of a seed planted in a man whose prospects seemed insignificant when he left school in grade nine, who sat then in the boardroom with the potential of deceitfulness of wealth to hold him, took a seed from heaven, not in church service, not in a preach, in a boardroom, allowed that seed to drop into the soil and said, I'm going to plant it in my life. Now that business is just one of his business. But 450 people are being looked after. Who knows how many families are being cared for? Who both, how many kids are being able to put through education because of that? Why? Because a man, just a man, say a man, say a woman, say a child, take a seed from God that we think need to be chucked into smoothies to make us healthy. And God says, I want you to take those seeds. I want to plant them. I want you to plant them in your life. We want him to give us the seeds and do the planting and do the watering. God says, no, no, you get to partner in the story. Take the seeds. What's seeds in Jen's life? They're seeds. Part of the seeds is your story. It's pain. That's seed. What you study, what you overcome, what you drive from southern suburbs back here because God planted you in a house. Because of planting. And then I'll tell you, watch the tree grow. I'll tell you, watch the tree grow. Jessie and Ryan. Yeah, watch them, but watch Josh, their son. Gets the privilege of growing up in their house. Why? Because he's got faithful parents who keep putting seed in the soil. The Bible says we'll see his miracles, signs and wonders. We are the signs and wonders pointing to God. Church is clamoring for signs and wonders and the leg to grow. And that's awesome. I love that stuff. But how much more a son and daughter of the living God planting seeds in their life, seeing trees grow so that others would be blessed. Can we stand? I lied to you. I've gone three minutes over. It was... We, um, my life is just seed. I've made decisions in my life that people don't understand. I was telling someone my testimony today, and it's every now and again I hear it myself out of my own mouth. I go, wow, that was pretty nuts. Decisions my parents didn't understand, my father didn't understand. Decisions for the kingdom of God because. Because a seed, a mustard seed, can look just like sand. Sand just needs to be chucked on the ground and left. But a seed needs to be planted. We keep coming to God, and God, we want more. He's going, but you've got a whole bag of seeds in your mouth, in the giftings I've given you, in the privileges I've afforded you, in the relationships you have. You keep singing, God, have your glory. But you keep eating the seed. I start to sow it. Prophetic gifts. Stop telling people in church how many gifts you got. Start giving them away. Generosity. Stop telling people how generous you are. Stop. Facebook, look at me feeding a hungry person. Now that's the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of heaven is no one's looking. How can I be of a blessing to you? I only have, but I give. 
harder. See, the kingdom of heaven is like nothing of this world. And when we get that, we trust. We close our eyes just for a second. So much happening and happened in the room tonight. What a privilege it is to gather, Lord. I can't help but think how much potential there is in this room. My challenge to you tonight is will you make him king? And my challenge to myself tonight is will I make him king again? Every day, every decision, every life, every story. Which means we go on a journey of growing up. Which means we go on a journey of it doesn't matter if you grew up in a stingy home or a generous home, we become like our Father in heaven. Which means we open up our hearts to people because the greatest currency in the kingdom are souls. Jesus, as we started tonight, we declared our love and trust and worship of you. As we continued and welcomed in amazing men and women and celebrated the uniqueness of each individual, I pray, Spirit of God, would you breathe to life the seeds that are already in the pockets and the hands and the lives of people here so that you would get all the glory, King, so that you would get all the honor. I pray in my own life, repentance of wasted seed. In my own life, I repent of asking for more when I already have so much. Asking for fields when you've given me fields. So many, God. But I turn to you tonight and I say, God, I want to live a life of sacrifice of praise to you. Pray for each person here that would know your grace, your goodness, your kindness, your nearness. Tonight, we worship you, King. What an amazing word. We hope you enjoyed that sermon. If you would like to find out more about Life Changes Church, why don't you go onto our website or you can follow us on our social media. Have an amazing, amazing week.